back in the studio together today. Uh, it's the Wit and Whiskey cast, and it's our... I, I'm just going to come out and say it. It's one year on. It's our first full year of recording this podcast. Uh, Yay! Right? Happy birthday to us! Uh, I am your podcast co-host, DJ Gagnon, along with my fantastic co-host, Mark. We're in recording together this week, uh, despite our weird experiment from last week. Yeah, so two things. Number one, we're never doing that again. I think we both agree. Yeah. And, and number two, I do, you know, it, it's a year on and I have not improved uh, at all. So I, I have to just, you know, ask you here, you know, bring it up. You said that you're the podcast co-host. What other co-host would you be? I mean, I know you're building this vast multimedia empire one year on. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, do, I'm do, your co-host do we have t- on social media. We tend to team <laughs> up when we play video games. Uh, our characters always team up in D&D. I mean, come on. We're, 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 uh, we're sidekicks at this point. Yeah, you know, I, I'm definitely thinking uh, next time we get together... Which, you know, hopefully if we can get the, the damn Greek letters to stop spawning variants. I blame the ancient Greeks. I'm a Roman guy all the way, as you all know. Uh, but if we can get the ancient Greeks to stop spawning letters and stop spawning variants of the virus, I think the next time we get together, you and I might have to spring for a set of tag belts. Right? Uh, I mean, they make reproductions, and since they're not the most popular ones, they're not that expensive. So that might have to happen. I love it. But before we, you know, get get into reminiscing, how was uh? Let's do a shorter reminisce. How was your week? It actually was pretty good this week. Uh, you know, it's still raining. It's raining as we record this because that's all it does anymore. Uh, it broke rain enough on Friday that I went over to a few of my regulars at the bar. They had a, a little barbecue and got to hang out with them and got to make some, you know, halves of chicken on the grill, which was good. I actually got to take the Roadster out. It was like a month from the last time I fired it up. It was filthy, but I said, hell with it, took it out. Uh, we had a nice living history event this year, this weekend. We did 75 years of battlefield medicine, Revolutionary War medicine, 1812 Napoleonic War medicine, and then some Civil War uh, field hospitals. So that was pretty cool. Uh, I got some new pipe tobacco. It's I bought it solely based on the name. It's the Haunted Bookshop. What? And it's... Yes, that's what it's called. It's called the Haunted Bookshop. And I didn't really need any pipe tobacco because I just got a big order in from Scotland. But when I saw it, I had to buy a two-ounce tin. It's what I'm smoking now. It's what I'm puffing on now as I speak to you. And it's pretty good. It's a little lighter, you know, much like my whiskeys. I like my tobacco a little heavier, a little more earthy. This is a little bit lighter, but I like it. When you open the can, it does kind of smell like a bookstore. It kind of smells like old leather and parchment which is pretty good. I don't know how they pulled that off. Oh, wow. Uh, but no, overall, this this was a good week. I actually have a day off tomorrow, which I'm looking forward to, because when you work six days out of seven, it gets gets a little old. Last two weeks, I've been pulling some Sunday shifts, but it is what it is. Uh, but no, we're good. What, what about you? What did you do this week? Uh, it, was a, it was a good week. We um, had some friend. well, had a friend over. Uh, it was more meant to be more of them, but um, my buddy Ryan, friend of the show, uh, shout out to Ryan, uh, came up and hey Ryan, uh, hung out and uh, she brought uh, some of her family's uh, coffee liqueur, so I don't have to uh, ration the bottle that I have left. So uh, that that was super nice of her, and we uh, we played a new board game. All right, uh, what'd you play? Uh, we played something called Splendor, 
And it's all about okay. like collecting gemstones and gaining victory points. And there's like tokens and cards and uh, you like get the tokens so that you can eventually buy the cards to get more permanent gems that you can use for free. It's, it, it, it's kind of complicated and there's definitely some strategy to it and I am not very good at it yet. Um, but I love it. It's it's a lot of fun to play. It, it, we we played it until like midnight and you know Holly was getting tired. And I'm sitting there going, "No, one more game. I gotta figure this out." <laughs> Man, coffee liqueur in a new board game. I'm a little jelly. I'm not gonna lie. Oh yeah, it was a good time last night. We uh, we had a couple of cocktails. We hung out. We we got some Chinese food because none of us really wanted to cook. <laughs> No, but I mean, Chinese food with board games, even with tabletop games, I mean, you know, a good session of D&D and some Crab Rangoons, that's pretty much an absolute win. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's what we did when we were over at your place. Exactly. And it was awesome. It was amazing. (laughs) But yeah, no, it was was a great week. Uh, What are you drinking? I'm excited for this. Well... Yeah, well, this is, you know, the one year on spectacular. Everything's in 50s. It's been about 50 weeks since we've we officially released our first episode. We recorded a little bit earlier than that, but it's been 50 weeks out of 52. This is our 50th piece of uh, released content. We know the trailers and everything aren't full episodes, but 50th piece of released content. So, uh, as I said in my, you know, rambling uh, pseudo-political ad last week, I'm going to break out the infinity bottle for the big one-year celebration. And I did. And I'm drinking my own concoction, my own infinity bottle. And before I give you my verdict, would you like to hear what's in it? Because yes. I've been keeping meticulous notes. Yeah, I want to hear what's in it and how much. Okay, that's, that's where we're going. So it all started back on April 12th. April 12th uh, was when we put the first little bit in, and then it was pretty much a week a week pretty much steady every week until about mid-June, then the gaps get a little bit bigger. But the first batch, there's uh, two ounces of Knob Creek nine-year bourbon. There's an ounce and a half, ounce and a half of Dad's Hat Rye. There's an ounce and a half of Basil Hayden's. An ounce and a half of Tin Cup, just to try to lighten it up a little bit, and we're going to be talking about Tin Cup a little bit later when we do our questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, an ounce and a half of Elijah Craig an ounce and a half of monkey shoulder, an ounce and a half of Crown Royal, because I figured you had to get something from the well. And if you if you consider Crown Royal well, you're doing pretty good. Yeah. Uh, an ounce and a half of the Buffalo Trace Single Barrel Select, an ounce and a half of one of my go-tos, Gentleman Jack, ounce and a half of Maker's Mark, ounce and a half of the Knob Creek 100 Proof Rye, Oof. ounce and a half of the Wild Turkey 101 Proof Rye, uh, ounce and a half of the GNW five-year-old private stock and an ounce and a half of the four-year-old Templeton that I just recently reviewed. And then uh, two weeks ago, I threw in one of the Whiskey Elements aging sticks. Nice. Because they tell you you can go up to three weeks, and then after three weeks, it starts to basically lose its effect. So I threw it in two weeks ago just to be safe. And it's not bad. <laughs> But <laughs> it's basically, it hasn't really blended. And I don't know if it's because I didn't leave it a long enough to age. I don't know if, you know, I put it in a sealed decanter. I don't know if it needed to get more air, uh, if I should have opened the stopper. 
but it's just kind of like a lot of people in your mouth all at once shouting at you. <laughs> you get so many flavor notes all at once. <laughs> and then the finish is just fire. <laughs> it's just absolute whiskey burn from the back of your throat all the way down to your stomach. Now, I like cowboy whiskey. I like what the old man is fond of calling rock gut whiskey. So uh, I don't mind this, but it is a weird palate adventure before you get there. Let me tell you. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I like it, but it's definitely not something for every day. It's uh, definitely more of a conversation piece like what we're doing for here. And for how much I say work, it's not a lot of work, but I mean, you have to measure everything out. You have to take notes. Like they actually, if to really do it right, they make labels you're supposed to put on the back of the bottle and write down everything you do on the back of the bottle. I did it in a spreadsheet. Um, but for the amount of quote unquote work, I don't really know if it's worth it. It's a lot like the infused cigars. Yeah, it's good. It's cool. It's something to talk about. I don't know if I'm going to do it again. <laughs> That's we'll fair. What about you? What are you drinking? Well, it's the 50th episode, the the one year, all good things. So uh, I decided I wanted to drink something that I knew I was going to enjoy. So I made my favorite whiskey cocktail, uh, which is the Sazerac. And I've been waiting to, to review this. Um, I, I've you have, a, actually. I, yeah, I've been I, doing a bunch of different cocktails throughout the, the year. Uh, but this is my personal favorite. And a shout out to my, my friend Bertie, who introduced me to this cocktail. Uh, it's a it's a rye based cocktail, um, and I found a recipe that I really enjoy because it uses bo- equal amounts of uh, rye and cognac. So, uh, it's uh, a, basically you have to make it. I mean, you could make it in a mixing glass if you wanted to, but uh, I I don't have a nice uh, crystal decanter basically, so I'm going to uh, <laughs> stick with the tried and true method, uh, which is just making it in two rocks glasses. So uh, I I took my my good old W and W glass and I loaded it up with ice and I did like five or six dashes of absinthe and just kind of swirled it around and let it all mellow. Uh, and then in the second glass uh, I put in a teaspoon of sugar, a splash of water, uh, and then uh, three dashes of Peychaud's bitters, uh, one, uh, two dashes of Angostura bitters, and then just you know muddled that up until the sugar's melted, and then an ounce and a quarter each of uh, rye whiskey and cognac. And I, uh, since it's our one-year retrospective, I went back and I pulled the three-cords rye, and I pulled the uh, Boulevard uh, Calvados that I used in the eggnog episode. Oh, dear Lord. That, okay. Yeah. Uh, some deep cuts. Uh, so I, uh, and then you kind of mix it up in the second glass. You dump the ice, swirl the, a little bit of water around, then dump that, um, you know, whatever's left. So you kind of get that nice absinthe uh, backbone. And then you pour it over. I pour, poured it over whiskey stones because I wanted it to stay cold. And then, uh, you know, express a lemon peel. So it, it's an amazing cocktail. Uh, it's basically a rye nod to the old-fashioned. Uh, it uses Peychaud's over, like, orange rangostora, uh, and it uses lemon as a garnish instead of orange. It's very good. You can't go wrong with the classics, as we say. No, I... I do at some point want to review Sazerac Rye, but it's fairly expensive. Yes, it is. 
Uh, so that might be like some sort of early Christmas present at, uh, later in the year. Um, but the cool thing about Sazerac Rye, which the podcast was um, was created for, uh, is it's made by the Buffalo Trace Distillery. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, they, and I don't know if it's always been made by Buffalo Trace or if they kind of bought the license and the distilleries for it. But, uh, yeah. So, the Sazerac. Uh, and you do not need Sazerac rye to, to make a Sazerac, but it's definitely worth it. Um, there are other recipes for Sazeracs, by the way. Most of them, most of the simple recipes are uh, sugar, water, Peychaud's bitters, and rye. And that's it. Um, so I, uh, with, with the, they call it herb saint now. Have, did you know this? Like, I've heard the term. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's just absinthe, but I guess like absinthe has gotten such a bad rap that, uh, the industry has basically renamed it and, and some of its offshoots to herb saint. Of course, the old man still just calls it the green fairy. Yes, I do. Um, I, I got a cocktail sticker a few months back uh, that has a picture of uh, a, a, a lovely fairy woman drinking like the classic absinthe cocktail. And on the top of the sticker, it says the green fairy. <laughs> it's very well, good. All right. So we've gone with what seemed like a good idea at the time and an old favorite. Mm-hmm. Which honestly, that kind of sums up this podcast in in a nutshell, doesn't it? It does. Whiskey was our old favorite, and the podcast seemed like a good idea at the time. It still seems like a good idea. We're having fun, but that that's the best way to describe the thought process behind it. I think. Right. So, what you got for whiskey news? All right, this one isn't uh, you know anything you know groundbreaking, but this kind of blew my mind when I was looking for it because I had no idea this entire wing of this company existed. I stumbled across a press release because the Dogfish Head Distillery is launching a single malt whiskey. What? Yes. Apparently, Dogfish Head, the uh, hippie beer company, the, you know, the, the, the neckbeard beer company, has a distillery. And not only do they have a distillery, they've had it for quite some time. It started in 2002. So I don't know where the hell I've been. That's crazy. Uh, and so they're launching their first single malt. It's called Let's Get Lost. And I went through their website earlier. They have a lot of great names. They have the Compelling Gin. They have Analog Vodka. They have just straight whiskey. Uh, they have Booze for Breakfast. Mm-hmm. Uh, lemon and Peppercorn Vodka. The Let's Get Lost Whiskey. And then... One that I, I haven't clicked on yet, but I'm very curious to know what it is. It's just called Sonic Archaeology. What? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, but the, the stats for the new single malt are pretty good. It's 102 proof, has a three-year-old uh, age statement, and it has four grains of blend uh, from the pale malt, the crystal malt. Uh, well, how's it a, how is it a single malt if it's, if it's a four-grain blend? They contradict themselves in this uh, in, in this press release, but regardless, it won a gold medal for best single malt at the LA Spirits Awards, so it must be considered a single malt anyway. Maybe they think that a single malt really means you just drop a single malted milk bottle <laughs> into the, the, the mix. But you're gonna love this though. 
Uh, because you know what they didn't use in this? And they mm-hmm. make a big note of saying in the press release that they didn't use? What? They did not use peat smoke. Oh, good. I'll, uh, I'll taste it then. Uh, they used applewood smoke because it more it made a more domesticated, in air quotes, profile. I mean, I do like things that are smoked with applewood. So they, they made that for you. Uh, yeah, basically they've been distilling since 2002. Uh, they have vodkas, gins, rums, which we talked about. They also have canned pre-made cocktails. Uh, strawberry and honeyberry lemon vodka, blueberry shrub vodka sodas already pre-made. And then a cherry bergamot whiskey sour that's already pre-made. Which, I'm not going to lie, if I ever saw one of those, I'd probably pick it up just on morbid curiosity. Can I order this so I can review it? Well, let me see. Uh, well, the single malt, anyway, is only available in Delaware, Maryland, Virginia, the District of Columbia, Pennsylvania, and New Jersey. So I'll have to look and see if I can get some cans, and if I can, I'll send some up to you. But basically, if you're on the market for a single malt, I cannot find a price anywhere on the website, unfortunately. Uh, But if you're on the market for a new single malt, and especially if you like their beers, I'm not really a a big foo-foo beer guy or a beer guy in general, if we're honest. Uh, But I know a lot of my friends drink Dogfish Head. They like it. Give it a try. Uh, You know, the single malt's only available in a selected few states. But if you're on the East Coast, if you're in the Mid-Atlantic, why the hell not, right? Yeah, that does actually sound pretty good. I, I looked up those three canned cocktails, and those sound pretty tasty, actually. Ooh, wait, hang on. Okay, I'm looking up the the cherry whiskey sour one now. Availability. Available everywhere except Alabama, Indiana, Mississippi, uh, Missouri, Montana. Oh, poor Montana. North Carolina, Oregon. Oh, Pennsylvania, what the fuck? Woo, so I can uh, get it. Yeah, Utah, Vermont, West Virginia, Wyoming. So it is available in New Hampshire, according to this. All right. I should definitely check the New Hampshire liquor store then and see if I can find it. So I can get the single malt, the 102-proof single malt, but I can't get the canned. So this fucking state. All right, whatever. (laughs) I'm disgusted now. Give us, talk about what you're going to talk about for Tools of the Trade. I know what it is, but I don't want to ruin it. So take us away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, this kind of finishes off our basic bar equipment. Uh, We're nine episodes into season three now, and plus the trailer that gives us kind of uh, 10 or so episodes that. that Two trailers, thank you very much. I did one too. Well, yours (laughs) was not really a Tools of the Trade, it was just a non cocktail. Uh, but it kind of gets us to our, our basic bar. We've talked about bar spoons and shakers. We've talked about mixers. We've talked about uh, uh, all sorts of good things. And the last real thing we need is how to measure the liquor. And uh, there's a couple of different ways of measuring. And next week, I'll probably get into pour spouts because that's uh, I would consider pour spouts to be a little bit past what you need in an at-home bar. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, I, I've got a few of them from my bartending class. I use them occasionally, but I'm not very good at a free pour, so I tend to use jiggers at home. Uh, and jiggers are that there's a bunch of different kinds of them, but they are mostly metal. Uh, you can get also get them in plastic, but I, I generally see metal. 
and uh, they've they're pre uh, the, the, they've got the lines that kind of pre-portion and, and, and let you pour to, to the line. Uh, it's much like a measuring cup. Uh, they kind of look like hourglasses most of the, the time. Uh, and there's uh, American-style jiggers, which are a little bit... Uh, they're a little bit more open, and they're a little bit shorter. Uh, and you have Japanese-style jiggers, which are taller and thinner. Um, you also have, like, cooking jiggers... Uh, so there's little mini jiggers that look like um, they look like mini measuring cups. You can get them in metal and plastic. Uh, OXO makes some really great ones, and those uh, have tiny little pour spouts on them, so they're easier to pour. Uh, but the standard one that you would use is a double-sided hourglass shape, and traditionally, from the ones I've seen, one side goes up to one ounce, the other side goes up to an ounce and a half. I've also got one that one side's one ounce, one side's two ounce. And inside of that measurement, they've got lines that you can pour to so you can easily get like half an ounce or a quarter of an ounce. Uh, and they're really good for very quickly pouring little, you know, uh, a quarter ounce of this, good, now I'm pouring in the ounce of this. Okay, now I've got half an ounce of this. And it, it, you can get pretty quick with making a cocktail with jiggers. Um, so th they're pretty great. Uh, I recommend going for a solid metal one. Uh, you can get them on pretty much any bartending website. You can also get them on Amazon. Uh, if you Target got, has a lot of them, actually. Target has a fair amount. And if you've got a restaurant supply store near you, uh, that is a great way to get a lot of this stuff in bulk and very cheaply. Um, I don't have any restaurant supply stores near me anymore. The last one closed, so I, I think I would have to go to, like, Portland or Boston to get one. Um, but if you... And this is kind of a recommendation I got from Elton Brown's uh, show Good Eats on the Food Network years ago. If you're looking for, like, really solid uh, bar or kitchen equipment that can, like, stand the test of time and is affordable, restaurant supply stores are where it's at. Uh, so... Uh, we've talked about a lot of different bar equipment, and if you've been following along and getting each piece uh, as we go, you should have um, uh, you should have cocktail shakers. You should have a bar spoon at this point. Uh, you should have a, a well. Now you can go get your cocktail jiggers. Uh, you should have uh, some of the the uh, filters and strainers and all of that good stuff. So you're pretty much ready to make all your cocktails. Uh, but we're going to talk about some extra stuff that you might want in the near future. Um, I, I definitely want to do a Tools of the Trade on bitters coming up, too. So look forward to that. Ooh, I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah, I, I love bitters. I, I can talk about them forever. No, usually this is where, you know, uh, I'll, I'll just make fun and wind DJ up and, you know, be like, ah, you don't need any of that crap. No, a good jigger, even for someone that likes, you know, big meaty pours, a good jigger for certain things is invaluable. That's actually how I made the Infinity Bottle was with a jigger. Mm -hmm. um, I happen to have one that's kind of an oddball. It's one ounce on top and half an ounce on the bottom. Oh, wow. Nice. So that's what I use. That's why there's a lot of 1.5 ounces because I was just like, okay, top, bottom, top, bottom. Uh, and, you know, for things that you have to be really precise, they're, they're idiot proof. I mean, I can use them. So uh, I definitely a, a good jigger, a good metal jigger is worth its weight in gold. Yeah, it's one of those that if you're getting, I mean, if you've made a million Manhattans, you can probably pour into the cocktail and know pretty easily what, what, how much you need. Uh, 
we'll t- I'm going to do a, a, a separate tools of the trade on free pouring and, and pour spouts because it's, it's fascinating, but it's a lot. It is. And, you know, I have a couple of pour spouts, uh, speed pours uh, at the house. Really, the main thing I use them for at home, weirdly enough, is vermouth. Yeah. <laughs> because vermouth is such a all or nothing proposition a lot of the time that you really want to be precise with it. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, my, my big struggle is that like liquor bottles are not standardized. Some of them are screw top no. and some of them are cork. <laughs> and, uh, I, I don't drink enough and I don't entertain enough to like leave a, uh, like a speed pour on a bottle and just cover it because I always feel a little weird about it. So I'll like use a speed pour, speed pour and then I'll be like, well, I made my one cocktail for the week. I guess this goes in the sink to be washed. There is nothing worse than leaving a speed pour on something like, oh, I don't know, American honey like we have at the bar. And someone comes in to order it and you have to pry the little flap open because all the sugar is just coagulating. <laughs> Yeah, the only thing I I keep with a speed pour, and and it's actually built onto the bottle, is my simple syrup. Yeah, and I mean that, you know, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. But that gets us into our episode. You know, we've we've finished off a basic bar uh, for you. Now let's kind of look back on this last year, Mark. Yeah, we finished uh, Bar Equipment 101. I'm excited to see where we're going to go. And, you know, it's dangerous as a historian to wax nostalgic. We're supposed to be uh, above that. But (laughs) I can make exceptions now and again. And so we thought that we would go through and uh, I hesitate to say these are lightning round questions because I think we'll get into a little bit more detail. But we're just going to go through and hit hit some high spots here over the last year, what we liked, what we didn't like, and maybe where we're going uh, forward. So let's start with the big one we've reviewed God only knows how many bottles now, 40 some bottles each. <laughs> what was your favorite? G- g- give me, you know, give me a couple here. Tell me why you liked them. Uh, yeah. So I only have one rye in my list and I want to drink more rye going forward, but uh, the three chords amplify rye. I can't find it in the liquor store anymore. So I'm going to have to order a couple of bottles to keep it on hand. Uh, but it's just really good. Uh, I think it was like one of the first bottles I reviewed on the podcast, uh, way back in season one. Uh, but it's super good. It's pretty accessible. Um, it, it's not a, a hugely high price point. I think it was like a $40 bottle. Uh, and, and it was it, legitimately, since we started the podcast, I think it's only one of three bottles I've actually finished. Wow. Yeah. Because I just go back to praise. it. Yeah, I, I just keep going back to it. And I'm like, oh, man, I want some rye. Three chords. And then uh, the second one was one from season one that I, I want to get a bottle of and keep it on hand, but it was the Breckenridge PX cask finish bourbon. And you can, you can find Breckenridge pretty easy. It's, it's definitely a top shelf contender, um, but the specifically the PX cask finish, um, it, it was just really good. And I found... Th- uh, it, well, I'll talk about that later. That there's a whole category for big surprises. Yes, and you do love your cask finishes. Let's be I honest. I really, really do. Uh, but what about you? Give me a couple. 
Well, I also only put one rye on the list, but mine was for a different reason. It's just because if we were doing this necessarily to the letter of the, the law, it probably would have been a list of four or five all rise. And that's <laughs> not fair. Uh, one of the things, and we'll talk about it later, uh, I've really expanded my palate doing this show, which mm. I'm, I'm very happy about. So I you know, decided to pick some that maybe I went into thinking I wasn't going to like, and I was like, wow, this is really good. And then I have a couple that, like you, I've actually gone back and bought another bottle, fin- finished the bottle, and then gone out and specifically went looking for it. Uh, but we start off with, with a rye, and we start off with probably the highest, the most expensive bottle on either one of our lists, yeah. the, uh, the Journeyman Not a King Rye. Uh, you know, it's a limited release. It was, I think with the shipping, it was like $90, $85. But damn, it was good. It was a proper rye. It's a 200-and-some-year-old recipe that they're still making. Uh, and, you know, it was kind of... And, and, you know, some of it's lame, too. It was the first really, quote-unquote, rare, and I use that term loosely, bottle I was able to get with the hand numbering and everything. And it was one of those... It had a lot of hype it had to live up to, and it lived up to all of it. Nice. Uh then my second one was the Jane Walker that we both reviewed for Women's History Month. Yeah, that was super good. That was really, really good. Uh, it was another one that had a neat story behind it, kind of a redemption story as we went into. And I was a big Scotch guy in college, and then I kind of like I still like Scotch. I don't have I don't have the bog water mentality like DJ does, <laughs> uh, but I don't. Scotch really isn't in my repertoire normally, but that was like. Oh yeah, I remember why I used to drink scotch. This is really, this is really good. Uh, all right, so you you give me a couple more. All right, so uh, my third one is my daily driver, and that I, I kind of discovered right before we started the podcast was Jameson Black Barrel. Um, and honestly, like any of the the offshoots of like, because there's main Jameson, you just get Jameson, but like. All of that distillery's extra stuff, like Black Barrel and Cold Brew, uh, they've got a ton of really good offshoots, and they're all super tasty. Um, I'm still kind of blown away at how good the the Cold Brew was, but for me, uh, Black Barrel's where it's at. That's another one that I finished a bottle and gone back and gotten another one. One of the fun little... uh things we did was, you know, the old man being the mechanic that he is, he fixed one of his neighbor's snowblowers last winter. We had a pretty brutal winter this past winter. So they were very thankful, and they had bought him a bottle of Jameson Black Barrel, and he had never had it before. So he sent me a picture, and he's like, hey, you're, you're a whiskey snob. Is this any good? And I was like, oh, you're going to love that. And about a day or two later, he's like, yeah, the whole bottle's gone. <laughs> he's like, it was just too good. I just kept drinking it. It was fantastic. That's amazing. Uh, the, my, the fourth on my list, and and this was kind of a, it was a sleeper on my list. I didn't, I I had to like think back and this is one of the few times that, uh, I've drunk something, uh, that is a whiskey without an E. Oh yes. Uh, and it's a Japanese whiskey. It's the Nika cafe, coffee, cafe malt. I still can't. Uh, the, I still can't fucking pronounce it, but uh, and you make fun of me. <laughs> yeah, the 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 coffee malt whiskey, uh, the Japanese one, and it's it was super good. Like I it it was one of those tasting vials I had, and I I wasn't really thinking too much about it, but I was going through my 
all the whiskeys that I had tasted, and that popped up. I was like, oh, my God, yeah, that was amazing. So uh, if you get a chance, it's one of the more expensive ones on my list, but it, it, at like 63 bucks, I think. Um, but it's totally worth it. And for, for a country that we haven't really well represented on the podcast so far, you know, Japanese whiskeys are, there's quite a few of them at this point. And I think we've only really reviewed two of them, right? We've only reviewed two of them so far, but as we've talked about on Whiskey News, they're on the way up. Mm-hmm. And with some of the interesting uh, laws that they're passing to uh, protect the industry, I think there's going to be, I think a lot more are going to be readily available. And I think the price is going to come down. I mean, I know it's silly to say with the inflation and everything we have, with everything being up a little bit, but I think in the next two to three years, the prices are going to come down somewhat. Uh, Japan is definitely on the rise when it comes to whiskeys. Yeah. The, the interesting thing about the Cofe Malt that I found was that it's the only one on my list that may be potentially peated. Yes. Yeah, but it was super good, so I, I forgive it. <laughs> uh, how about you? Next two. Well, uh, this is definitely, this was a one that fell into a surprise. Uh, the Bernheim Original Wheat Whiskey. I, you know, wasn't the biggest, you know, you have your corn whiskeys, you have your rye whiskeys, you have your barley whiskeys. Never really tried a primary, primarily wheat whiskey, at least not one that I can remember. And I bought it and was just like, wow, this is, I didn't really have any expectation whatsoever, but it was really, really good. And that was one that the bottle didn't last all that long. It's still up there. I haven't finished it yet, but there's not much left. And, you know, people come over and I was like, especially in the week or two after we reviewed it on the show, I, people would come over. I'm like, you got to try this. Like, just sit down. You have to try this one. Yeah. Uh, then the next one, my, you know, the, I round out the list with a couple that I was literally just walking through the store looking for bottles that I hadn't tried uh, or that were particularly interesting and they blew me away. So the next one's another Scotch, surprise, surprise, but it was Monkey Shoulder. Oh, wow. And Monkey Shoulder wasn't good, bad, or indifferent, but it was a decent price point. It's only like 38 bucks, which for a scotch is pretty good. But it is just so different. It's light, it's airy, it's fruity. Uh, you would like it because it's a space side. <laughs> uh, we actually, Tuesday was International Scotch Day. And so a few of my friends came over and we did a thing. We said, we're each going to bring a bottle of something. And we're going to just do a tasting of everything. And we're going to decide what we like best. And so Mike kind of ruined it. He brought a bottle of 12-year-old limited Glenlivet. Because, you know, he's a teacher and he has money. So it was good and he won. But I brought a bottle of Monkey Shoulder. And the general consensus was like, wow, we've never had a scotch like this before. And it's just, it's so different to any other bog water you will have. And when you drink it, you get a really cool bottle out of it. I actually made a lamp out of the first bottle, and now I have the second one because of International Scotch Day. So definitely recommend Monkey Shoulder. That's awesome. What's your last one? Uh, My last one, it was pretty surprising for me. But this kind of goes back to my cascaged thing. Um, Walrus blood. Okay. It was super good. Aged in port barrels. I, I bought it as a joke because it was like on sale and on clearance and it was in the corner and like had collected dust. And I'm like that. I, I, I honestly, th- I was like, oh, this is going to be shit. And it ended up being one of my favorite whiskeys I've reviewed. So See, you yeah. never don't know. 
Yeah, no, it, it was amazing. I definitely recommend it. And it's, you know, it's it, it's a little silly. It's It's got the, the port cask cubes floating in the bottle. And, uh, you know, it, the, I, uh, a pair of Hungarian oak cubes, which have been charred and then soaked in, for six months in port wine. Like, it's very, you know, very pretentious. But um, you can't go wrong with something that has blood in its title. It's just fantastic. No, you're absolutely right. What's your last well, one? Well, once again, we didn't plan this, but mine was the same thing. Mine was actually a gag pick, and it's, I would say, probably my, f- if not my favorite one I've reviewed, it's without a doubt my favorite discovery, mm. and it is now a regular, uh, in the regular rotation here at the home bar, and that was the Sexton Single Malt Irish Whiskey. Oh, Wow. I am not an Irish whiskey guy at all, and I am generally not a, a cask finish guy at all, but the Sexton is a single malt Irish whiskey that was done in sherry casks, mm-hmm. and it is just fucking delicious, and has a re- pretty reasonable price point. It was in the mid-30s, if I remember correctly, and I, it was the same thing. I bought it as a gag because, as you were saying before, whiskey, whiskey bottles aren't standard. No. So this is a really, really short really, really fat, octagon-shaped bottle. And the label has a skeleton tipping a top hat to you. (laughs) And I said, I just want the bottle. It is fucking delicious. And it is definitely now in the regular rotation. And if we ever do an Irish whiskey night like we did with our scotch night, that's going to be what I bring. Nice. That's fantastic. So now we had the good. Now we got to go with the bad. What was the least favorite whiskey you've reviewed so far? I mean, I, I oh no! Don't play all political. Don't be trying to get us free samples here. No, no, it's definitely it's definitely bird dog. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I knew what I was getting into when I paid twelve ninety nine for a gift box uh, for a large bottle of bird dog blackberry, and uh, it wasn't great. I mean, when when you're you sip a whiskey and it tastes like a popsicle. You know something's gone wrong. Yeah. Uh, and and I almost said the Evan Williams honey, but honestly, the Evan Williams honey over ice was was pretty pretty okay. You know, I I, I don't love the flavored whiskeys. Um, you know, I'm I'm may at some point review like Jack Apple or something like that, but. Um, but no, I the, the bird dog. Every time I pick it out of my liquor cabinet, I'm like, why is there so much of you left? <laughs> uh, I hear they're making chocolate, bird dog chocolate now, and I just shudder at the idea. Dear God, why? Before I tell you mine, I do have to tip my hat, and I do have to give out an unofficial Witten Whiskey Award here. Because you by far went the deepest into the well. So far. <laughs> I really with the, did. With, with the bird dog blackberry. Um, I learned my lesson that episode not to challenge you because you dug through the bottom of the well and you might have gone out of the earth's crust with that one. So kudos to you there. Uh, mine was just the biggest disappointment. It was just the biggest yuck. It was uh, probably it's probably the one that I have the most left of taking a broom and a decanter of all things. And I don't know when I'm going to finish it. And that was the Cooper's Craft uh, whiskey. Oh, yeah. It was just too damn sweet, caramel, vanilla, all that stuff. And, okay, if if it's something like Bird Dog where they're advertising it as a flavored whiskey, okay, you kind of know what you're getting into. 
but they advertise this as like your typical hipster bougie. You know, we make these in small hand potted stills and it's aged by 14 Benedictine monks and blah, 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 blah. It was not good at all. <laughs> I, I cannot recommend it. Uh, it's just sweet, 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 sweet. I mean, maybe if you want to mix something with it, maybe it, it'll be better. But I have no motivation to finish what I have left. Uh, an honorable mention, or I guess I should say a dishonorable mention, would go to Tin Cup. Tin Cup, I think, would be good, but they water it down, and they use that as a selling point. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't understand that. Uh that logic, that's another thing. I only actually bought a pint of tin cup, and I still haven't finished it. <laughs> so what does that tell you? That's, yeah. My, my dishonorable mention is just, it's just bog water, man. I, oh, boo! I, I, every time I try a peated whiskey, I, I mean, ladies and gents, you've heard it. You know I have tried peated whiskeys at this point. I keep trying. Um... My uh, a buddy of mine uh, sent me a recommendation to try in the podcast because, God damn it, Mark, you told people to recommend peated whiskeys. And uh, it's he, not my fault people actually listen to me. <laughs> he recommended uh, a really delicious sounding Irish whiskey, and I went to the store to look at it, and I got the bottle in my hand, and it said, single malt peated Irish whiskey. I was like, fuck this, and put it back in the shelf. Well, hey, you have to try the uh, the dogfish head, because they, they made a specific note in the press release that it's, it's not, not peated. No bog, no peat. Yeah, I'm trying to find the dogfish head to see if I can, I can get it, but um, the New Hampshire liquor store is being a pain in the ass, so uh, what about you? Uh, well, uh, you know, so we, we did the least favorite. So what are we on? Yeah. We're on our favorite episodes now. Ooh. And uh, probably my favorite favorite still to this day is coffee, tea, and whiskey. Really? Uh, well, that was a fun debate. Uh, I just beat you about the head and shoulders with a history book for an hour and 20 minutes. And then I told uh, you you're an unrefined <laughs> bastard and need to drink more tea. Yes, uh, but I learned a lot about tea. I learned a lot about coffee. I mean, I knew a lot about coffee before that, but I learned a lot in the research. And I have found that that is a good, quote-unquote, gateway drug, not just to liquor. I mean, coffee and tea are a good gateway drug to liquor, but a good gateway drug to the podcast. A few of my friends who have been kind of on the fence because, you know, they know me or whatever, I tell them to listen to that one first. (laughs) And then they're like, oh, okay, I kind of get what this is about. Nice. And I, ha- I had a lot of fun making that. And then I enjoyed both episodes of the F1 and Whiskey. And not just because uh, I pretty much talked for three hours. <laughs> you did. <laughs> but I, as it was probably evident, I was pretty passionate. I'm pretty passionate about Formula One. I, I watched the race. I was going to say this morning, but it was about five o'clock by the time I fired up the DVR. So I, I watched the race this afternoon before I came. Uh, I've been watching Formula One in, since... God, before I was even in high school, I think I was in junior high. It's one of the last true bastions of pretty close to unlimited motorsport that there is. And I really enjoyed bringing Nick on. I really enjoyed his perspective because, I mean, he's a new fan. He's very excited. He's very into it. And he's learning so much and he's taking so much in. And he's not kind of jaded. You know, he doesn't have 20 some years of, oh, it was so much better back then. I remember when this happened and this happened. Everything is awesome to him. 
And that's infectious. Mm-hmm. I mean, that level of optimism and everything is really infectious. And it kind of opens your eyes to maybe like, yeah, maybe what we have here is actually pretty cool. Hang on a minute. So I, I enjoyed both of those. And I got to do a lot of research on that for the pre-war. I mean, I knew a lot of that stuff already, but I got to you know look up some stuff on pre-war racing and stuff, which is just a super fun era to research. Nice. What about you? What did you enjoy? I had a really hard time with this question, Mark. We've done a lot of good episodes. Yeah. We really have. I mean, purely, if, if I go by, like, DJ run episodes, like, my favorite episode to research was probably the Pokemon par- two-parter. I'm shocked. Yeah. I, I mean, I will talk about Pokemon forever. Um, I really enjoyed every time we got a guest on the podcast. Uh, yes. Know, I loved having Nuno on. I loved having Brian on. Um, they, they were all fantastic. Uh your dad brings something just a little bit <laughs> yes, extra chaos. to every conversation. <laughs> uh, so one of my favorites was drag racing because you and your dad are just so passionate about it. And you, it's really, I, I mean, uh, no, no pun intended, your wheelhouse. Uh, and yes, that, that, that was really, really cool to listen to. It was really cool to be a part of. Uh, and, you know, I... I, I have seen our other guests uh, more recently, or I've hung out with them online. Um, I, I, I miss your dad. So that, that was a particularly <laughs> fun episode for me. Um, and well, then, and he, it, was, it was fun watching him because, you know, he was his usual gruff exterior. It took some coaxing, you know, because at first he was like, yeah, fine, I'll do it. Then as it got closer, he, oh, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And it took some coaxing to get him in the studio. But then when he was here, you know, he was all excited. He, he got a few few drinks in him. And by the end, he's like, oh, you know, that, that actually wasn't so bad, which is like the highest praise <laughs> he can give to anything. Right. Uh, and then, uh, you know, just pure you and I uh, having a good time talking about something we both love. It didn't end up being an argument, which I love arguing with you. But but ultimately, like <laughs> what I recommend people listen to as an onboarding episode to kind of get like this is the this is the DJ Mark flavor uh, is the character creation episode. Yeah, that is a really good one. That that almost made my list. Uh, and if we're being honest, probably the only reason it didn't was I had a feeling you were going to pick it. <laughs> uh, but you know what my honorable mention would be? And this would probably, this will probably make you fall out of your chair. What? The Christmas episode. Oh, that was so much fun. And it was just peak... Uh, it was peak you and I, but it was peak you and I on the other end. I mean, it, it was good argument. It was good banter. And I had never had eggnog before, and it wasn't terrible. Yeah, it, it was uh, also it, peak bunny energy. <laughs> oh, yes. You were... I mean, I am a pretty high energy individual. I am pretty loud. I am pretty turned up to 11 most of the day. As you all know, we've done 50 episodes. I was struggling <laughs> to reach the highs that DJ was reaching that episode. I really like Christmas, guys. <laughs> all right, so... But no, uh, that, that was a good one. The, this next category was our biggest surprises. What was yours? You mean besides people actually listening to this show? <laughs> yes. <laughs> beside that. I, I, I'm still convinced we only have four listeners. I, I mean, maybe. The, the, the numbers seem to say no, but they could have VPNs and they could just be downloading things over and over again. Yeah. There, there's uh, just but, one, you know, there's one super fan downloading it 60 times. <laughs> uh, no, my biggest surprise, I think, was probably Benedictine. 
Oh, yeah. That whole yeah. episode, uh, I got into that thinking it was just a gimmick with a funny story. It's actually pretty okay. And if you take the time and play around with it with some cocktails, you can really do some damage, uh, but in a good way. And I think, and this is going to sound, this is going to sound elitist, but I don't want it to, which is how much that I've learned. I mean, obviously nobody, you're going to, everybody learns all the time. I mean, that's the old thing. You learn something new every day. I just didn't realize how deep some of these rabbit holes of topics that we pick go. Oh, yeah. And that's a lot of fun. Like you get into it and then it's like, oh, there's this and there's this and there's this and there's this. And it's kind of spirals out of control, but in a good way. And so there was a, a few of them, like you and I both a few times were like, hey, can we wait a day? Like, I just found all this stuff <laughs> and I need to keep going with this. And we're, I'm not quite ready here. So uh, that that was kind of a surprise for me because when we when we first sat down, we had a couple of topics and it was like, yeah, OK, we know a little bit about this. And yeah, we can look over here and there's still some more stuff there. No, there's a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah. What about you? What surprised you? Um. Well, I, my, my kind of jokey one is Manhattans. And you bastard. You're that, just trying to trigger me. <laughs> uh, and, 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 like, I, I, I joke here, but, like, I don't feel like I had a good Manhattan until you and I started talking about them in preparation for this podcast, and I finally went out and figured out how to make one. And I don't know what yeah, that they, is. <laughs> There's something about every other cocktail I enjoy eating. I, I enjoy drinking out. Manhattans, I only like them when I make them. <laughs> no, I, I can totally understand that. And for as much as I love Manhattans and for as much as I drink Manhattans, there are only a few places that I go to where I will order a Manhattan. Um, nine times out of ten, if I go out somewhere, especially if it's a new place that I haven't been before. Well, I shouldn't say that. If it's a new place I haven't been before, I might order one just to see how they make it. Uh, but nine times out of 10, if I go out to dinner with coworkers or with my friends, I just get whiskey on the rocks. Mm. There are only maybe two or three places around here that I will order a Manhattan that I know that they're going to make a Manhattan the way I want a Manhattan. Mm. That's fair. Uh, other than that, um, discovering the whole like sub genre of cask aged whiskeys has been a revelation over the course of this podcast. I have enjoyed watching you enjoy those. Yeah. Because every time you get a new one, it's like a whole new world. It is. Yeah. They're just so good. I I love like, you know, Walrus Blood and Breckenridge are, are both on my list. But I mean, anything cask aged at this point. Uh, and I've actually started like looking out for more cask aged liquors in other categories. Um, you know, I, I've the, the Calvados is is aged nicely uh i found some uh different brandies that are cask aged um i oh the tullamore do rum cask age was really good so that just whole genre i you know i now when i talk about whiskeys and people go like what kind of whiskey do you like i'm i go oh well you know i like rise i like bourbons but really my favorite is cask aged um and honestly uh Editing has gotten a lot better since I got less paranoid about it. I really thought you were going to say multi-track, and I was just going to put my head in my hands because no one was going to get that joke but us. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, multi-track, yes, has made it a lot better. But those first, like, the first probably ten episodes of the Wit & Whiskey cast, I was paranoid about editing every um and pause 
and it would take me like three hours to edit a po- <laughs> an episode. And now I can usually edit it, you know, if it's an hour-long podcast, it'll take me an hour and a half to edit it. So that's not too, too bad. No, and I mean, just from the listening perspective, I mean, one, we've gotten better with, we're, we're not as rigid. We definitely flow more. I mean, mm-hmm. I think we were a little stiff in the beginning. Uh, but we, we have our, our format down for good or for bad. You know, some people like it. Some people are probably rolling their eyes when I say that. We have our format down. Uh, your editing has gotten a million times better. And it's just, we've gotten better as we go along. And I mean, I know, pat yourself on the back harder. But there were a couple times when it's like, eh, maybe this wasn't the best idea. You know, early on, those first <laughs> couple episodes, it was like, ooh, I, I don't know. But it's it's definitely improved immensely, and you, you deserve a lot of credit for that because you've you've put in a lot of work that nobody sees because it's just you panicked. You know, I'm I'm half asleep on the couch getting texts at one thirty in the morning. Okay, I think we can do this, and then we're <laughs> gonna do this, and that you know. So uh, you deserve a lot of credit for that. I, it's you know I I was doing a lot of the work, and but I feel like we've split it pretty evenly now that you're taking care of Podbean. Because uh, that that gets us in a lot more places. So our empire grows. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, this next category, I have I had a hard time with this one. I didn't actually write anything down yet. Um, but retrospective thoughts on the podcast at large. I mean, this is going to sound cynical, but I was just amazed that we're still at it because let's be honest, we're both pretty ADD. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was originally a let's do something during the pandemic idea. This was originally something to get you and I to sort of hang out more without hanging out more <laughs> because, you know, we, we weren't gaming as much. We obviously weren't visiting each other as much at all. Uh, so, you know, I, I know at least on my end, a lot of friends and family were kind of like, yeah, he'll do three weeks <laughs> and then it'll be done. And then he'll be on to the next hobby. Cause I do that with a lot of my hobbies. And I mean, it's, it's a justified reaction that people had. But here we are a year later. Uh, I'm very glad we are. You know, as I said, I have learned so freaking much over the last year. Uh, and we're only going to learn more as we go. And, uh, you know, the main thing for me was just my palate has expanded so much. I mean, I was always a whiskey guy. I was always a rye guy. But I would have three, four bottles in the rotation. Mm-hmm. And now when I go, I walk around and it's just like, ooh, well, I haven't tried that, but you know, that, that's a, that, that's a bourbon that's five years old. So that's probably like Templeton and blah, 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 you know, and then you start to compare and then they probably think you're crazy because you're standing in the liquor store talking to yourself. But I, I mean, now if you go upstairs, I have to have a spreadsheet with my whiskey inventory. Okay. <laughs> and if you take out one, two, three, and then if you add one, two, three, four, five, six, I have 33 bottles of whiskey upstairs now. Oh Yeah. So if somebody comes over and I say, do you want to drink? And they say, yeah, what do you have? Well, guess what? <laughs> and a year ago, there would have been like three bottles. There would have been Wild Turkey Rye, Gentleman Jack, and, you know, probably something goofy that somebody left at the house at a party. Mm-hmm. Like those would have been the, and then the wife's flavored rums. because She likes rum. But, you know, for whiskey, that, that would have been it. So that is the biggest thing for me. It has opened up a whole new world. I've actually had people that have listened to the podcast podcast or heard me talking about whiskeys they come up to me now for recommendations like hey i'm going to a party what should i bring like that's awesome you know and 
hopefully we could spread the message. Just get out of your comfort zone a little bit, because I have a few times this year, and I do not regret it at all, except for the Cooper's Craft. Fuck that. Uh, but other than that, <laughs> I have no regrets. Nice. So did you think of anything yet? I did, yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> Get I'm, philosophical on us. I'm in a similar boat. I probably get 20 to 25 bottles of just whiskey in the basement now, so that's kind of cool. Um, but I think the in retrospective, like I took my bartending class, I think it was like last late spring, early summer kind of time frame. And then very quickly after that, I was like, hey, Mark, hey, Mark, hey, Mark, podcast. Hey, hey, Mark, you know the podcast idea? Hey, Mark, let's go do that podcast. And uh, I, I think it was just like last summer was this weird isolated summer of like learning a ton about whiskey, learning a ton about bartending, learning a ton about liquor, reading a ton of books on it. And now that I'm hanging out with people again uh, and I'm like, Hey, what would you like a drink? And they're like, what do you got? And I'm like, everything, literally everything. Like, what do you want? What's your base spirit? What kind of flavor do you like? And then I spend like two minutes on Google to double check a couple of recipes and I could, I make them a cocktail. And it, I, I didn't have that confidence before. And just the, the ease at which we, we talk about this stuff and the depth that you get into the history around it has made it so that when I'm talking to other people, I'm like, Oh, fun fact about this that you don't know about every ingredient in your cocktail now. (laughs) (laughs) And so I've weirdly become the local cocktail historian because everyone's like, oh, yeah, this tastes really good. And I'm like, I know something about all of that. Thanks to Mark. (laughs) We do have a fun dynamic. You are definitely the lightning and I can bring the thunder on occasion. Yeah. Uh, And there is no greater compliment then when you're meeting up, you know, it was uh, a few weeks ago, we went to a big auto parts flea market and there was a couple of us that were meeting up and we were going to all car pull down. And someone said to me the night before, you're going to bring a flask tomorrow, right? Because <laughs> they knew I was going to bring something wild that they hadn't tried yet. And that was like, to me, that was the ultimate compliment. I was like, yeah, all right, I'll bring a flask. <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of gets you that reputation of like, I'm glad, like, I haven't gained the reputation of being, like, the f- the drunk friend who shows up, like, <laughs> and, and only wants to drink. But, like, I'm getting questions from friends of, around, like, hey, I, you know, want to bring something somewhere. Or, hey, you're coming over. You're going to bring something, right? And, and that's just kind of that nice, like, yeah, I know a thing about this. We're going to party and have some fun. And, you know, when... Listeners at home, if somebody calls you a whiskey snob, look them in the eye and say, thank you. Because mm-hmm. that's what I do. So I added, uh, you know, minutes to midnight here. I added a, another category, and I thought it would be really cool if we spent five minutes and talked a little bit about how we made the podcast. And honestly, this could probably be its own uh, yeah, its really own could. episode. But I, uh, I love hearing myself talk, Mark, but... Uh, it's a little bit too snake eating its own tail for me to want to do that anytime soon. Um, but I figured we can kind of talk a little bit and we, and we talk about some of the stuff in our outro every week, but, uh, I don't know that we've ever really talked about the, the big triad of products we use clean feed, Squarespace, Podbean. 
No, I, I don't think we do. Uh, we are coming to you now. You know, I'm in the 1821 uh, studios. DJ is back up in the Shire, and we are recording through the wonders of Clean Feed. It's uh, basically like Zoom, but it works. And <laughs> yeah. There's no video component to it. It's strictly audio. And you open up a channel, and you can invite whoever you need to. I don't. What is the limit on Clean Feed? How many people could we have on this? I've never tested it. I don't know. And I mean, I pay for Pro, so there, it's right. probably a pretty high limit. Uh, I've had three on because I actually dabble with it. I've done some things for work with this. I record my other podcast with this. I've done. We've actually uh, a group of friends. We actually tried to. Uh, not our friends, but a different group. We tried D&D on it for a little while. So you could get at least three or four people on, even the base version. And uh, you can record, you can download. And as long as you have a stable internet connection, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as we found out one episode, uh, you know, you get a pretty good product. Uh, as DJ can attest, the multi-track is worth every penny. It really is. Oh, my God. <laughs> And at the end, you know, you have you have the the raw roughage, and then you run it through your uh, editing software of choice. You use GarageBand, do you not? Yeah, I use GarageBand, uh, and I don't do anything crazy special with it. Um, I've got a little GarageBand. I've actually got two little GarageBand projects saved for our podcast. Uh, one is our standard episode, and then one is for trailers. And the only real difference is that I. For trailers, I cut the uh, intro music down to, I think, like 10 seconds instead of 30. Uh, the, the bit of audio editing I do, I use Audacity because I hate myself. <laughs> um, uh, and then, you know, once you have it recorded, uh, actually, the first piece, even before we recorded, and DJ can talk about this because he set it all up, was we our website, thewittenwhiskeycast.com, shameless plug. Mm -hmm. uh, that's built on Squarespace. It is, yeah. And you had the domain, I think, back in July. Like, you had that a couple weeks before when you were still planting the seeds in the back of my head. Yeah, I did, yeah. And, and Squarespace has been really great. We uh, it, we aren't sponsored by them. You know, maybe someday, but... Not yet, anyway. Yeah, um, we designed... I designed our website, and Mark uh, goes out there and puts out the blog posts, and, and we upload photos together and stuff. Um, at some point, we should really get our about section sorted, but it's fine. Um, but it's on the, the list. Yeah, the nice thing is that Squarespace allows you to kind of set up a podcast feed, uh, which was something that in the beginning we were like, we should do a podcast. Oh, oh no, we don't know how to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we that was really good. And initially, we were only on Apple Podcasts, remember? When, like, way For a long time, on. yeah. Yeah. So I think for most of season one, we were only on Apple Podcasts, and it was it was that Apple that there's a um, Apple has a separate site specifically for podcast content creators, uh, and you have to get your podcast syndicated with Apple. Uh, and if y'all are curious, I'll find the blog post I used, but there's a lot of like how to guides and how to start a podcast, and uh, specifically how to start one in. Uh, Squarespace, which it took me a while to figure that aspect out. Um, and, and I've got some cool tips and tricks. So if anybody's ever curious, um, I, you know, I can certainly describe that. But getting syndicated on Apple Podcasts was like nail-biting. Because it was like we had that episode and we were just kind of waiting. It was like nail-biting. And uh, 
finally, you know, we got approved there, and then we got syndicated on Spotify next. Um, and Squarespace has been really good. I think Squarespace is still the source for specifically Apple and Spotify. Uh, but then you got yes, us everywhere I think else. So. Well, we, we ended up hooking up with Podbean, and I knew about Podbean just through listening. It was my preferred platform. I have about uh, 24, 25 podcasts. Some I listen to every week. Some I go through phases. And I was listening to them all pretty much on Podbean. And so when we started this, I said, you know, I think there's a back end you can host and blah, blah, blah. And on the free version, you only get so much bandwidth. You only get so much storage space, which is understandable. <laughs> Remember how we only had like five episodes up there? Yeah, for a it, while? it was only like the equivalent of like four or five episodes. And then we ran out of space. And once we were at it for a little while, I think it was like about a quarter of the way through season two, a third of the way through season two, something like that. Uh, I said, all right, let's make the plunge. And so we got a uh, pro account or premier account, whatever the hell they call it. Mm-hmm. And the that is worth the money, not just for the storage space, but it has, they basically work as your agent, essentially. And you feed your podcast into a couple of different places, uh, the link, and then Podbean just goes and goes, yeah, we host this, you're going to host it now too. And that's how we got on like Stitcher and Podcast Addict and iHeartRadio and TuneIn and Player FM and, you know, all those uh, dozens of other ones that the list is on on our Facebook page. That was all through Podbean. And then the nice thing is once the new episode goes up on Podbean, usually within usually within a half hour, sometimes a little longer with, you know, uh, time zones and things, it's up pretty much everywhere else. Uh, the one, you know, we're talking about surprises. The one fun surprise was listen notes. Yeah. I oh still man. don't know how we got on there. <laughs> yeah, no, that would be, that would be fascinating to figure out. Cause holy crap. I think they just, they probably do something like they pull from Apple or whatnot, but it's so much statistics. It's so much statistics. And they, I think were the third place Were they not, mm-hmm. they picked us up relatively early on and we didn't really know how. Or why, and thankfully, you can go and sort of claim your podcast and get blue check verified and all that good stuff, and DJ was able to go on and get all that, so they, they've been with us for a while, and that, that was a lot of fun, but between that, once the episode's out, we are pretty much around the world within an hour, two hours between all the different places we're on, which is really kind of cool. It is. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, and then, you know, we've, we've got our social media presence, which, you know, who knows if we, if we can actually do some of the stuff in person, maybe we'll get TikTok talk and YouTube going and figure that stuff out together. I'm for one of those. <laughs> I mean, I'll take, I'll, I'll take TikTok. I have no problem with that. I mean, I'm, I may need to read up on how to TikTok cause I did try to do my first TikTok video and I couldn't actually figure it out. Uh, so uh, this Don't you just film things? Uh, yeah, but there's sound and syncing things up that I couldn't figure out how to do. Uh, it, I, this elder millennial needs some tutorials, but that's what YouTube is for. Yeah, and it's you know it's good. DJ has them integrated now, so because uh, you know Facebook and Instagram own each other in the world. So uh, <laughs> once one goes up on one, it goes up on the other. And that, that's a big help. We, we get the unified front. We get all the hashtags and the whatnot. Podbean actually had a Facebook integration, and I played with it for about two weeks 
But the problem was, and I'm sure you can do it. I'm sure I'm just dumb. I couldn't figure out how to add anything other than just the episode. So it would automatically go up, but it would just be a link to the episode. There'd be no text and no pictures and anything. Oh wow! So I, I aborted that pretty quickly because that wasn't that wasn't what we wanted. But I'm sure if you know somebody smarter than me goes in and plays with it, I'm sure there's a way to actually do it. But that's only Facebook. That doesn't get you the Instagram, and then you know who knows? Maybe for season four, maybe we'll go uh, Gen Z. Maybe we'll go on Twitter. I don't know. It's a pretty big cesspool. If, we'll see. If you take Twitter, I'll take TikTok. I, I actually probably would be okay with that. But we can <laughs> talk about that later. Uh, but yeah, so, you know, that's where we are now. Uh, we're, we're on Alexa somehow, you know, through TuneIn Radio, if you have the app. We're on Roku. I know some people have been downloading us on Roku, which is just terrifying. Yeah. But uh, good Lord above, you know, if you if if our mamas could see us now, as they say. <laughs> well, take us out, buddy. Yeah, I mean, that's it. You know, thank you all for listening, not just today, but for the past year, for the past 50 uh, pieces of content. Thank you all for listening, especially to this one. That means you stayed with us after last week. That didn't work. We know it didn't work. We're not going to do that again. Yeah. Uh, we've already talked about Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Listen Notes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. Uh, God, where the hell else are we? Audible. Uh, uh, what the hell was that one that it took us forever? I can't, I can't think of the, the old was school, it? the early 2000s uh, Pandora. One. Pandora, yes, we're on Pandora. They, they took the better part of three months to approve us, so somebody go listen on there and make it worthwhile. Uh, but we're everywhere, uh, so thank you for that. Big shout-out to Duno Henry Silva, as always, for the intro and outro. He was with us even before we started. It's true. He, so, he's uh, our, our, our mostly silent third member. I, I'm really happy yes. that, that we got him in. Uh, in he, he has two. been OG since day one, as they say. Right. So big shout out to Nuno. We're going to have the link to his SoundCloud. Go hit him up. Lots of good shit on his SoundCloud. Definitely give him a listen. Uh, you know, we are the Witten Whiskey cast. As we said, we do have Instagram. We do have uh, Facebook. We have our website. All of it is the Witten Whiskey cast. Uh, there's no E in whiskey. There's, or no, God damn it. We're back yes! at it again. <laughs> I suppose that's fitting for 50 episodes. <laughs> There's no H in wit. There is an E in whiskey. Uh, so, yeah, you know, maybe like half of Scotland can't find us because they're taking the E out. But that's neither here nor there. Uh, we have Gmails. If you have any ideas for the next 50 episodes, if you have any more delicious peated scotch for DJ to try, uh, send us all the good stuff to the wit and whiskey cast at gmail.com. Yeah. And if you get uh, any nice sweet whiskeys that you'd like Mark to try, just send it on over. We'll make sure he drinks. You it. know what? I would, I, I actually would. I, I probably would hate it. Like you hate with the people, but I would try it. I'm not going to sit here and say, uh, assuming it doesn't say bird dog on the bottle, you know, you might have to make an exception there. But if, if it's something that's a little uh, off the beaten path, I'm not opposed to it. So we'll do that. Uh, next week, I've talked to Allie. We're going to do Pathfinder and Whiskey. I'm so excited. Uh, uh, her one condition was, uh, she, well, she, she asked me if she could rev- what she could review because she has an idea, and I'm not going to spoil what it is, but it's off the beaten path for the W&W. Let me put it that way, but I think it's going to be good. And she also wants to talk about Changeling the Lost, which is another good tabletop game. So we're going to talk about Pathfinder, Changeling, and Whiskey next week. Oh, nice. I'll bring another uh, system, too, so we can, we can introduce a couple of smaller systems. 
good because I'm going to be lost. But this is going to be good. Nice. And uh, so that's that. So that'll be next week. So until then, hey, thank you all for listening. It's been a hell of a year. Salute. Cheers. <laughs>